Hey there! Thank you for listening to the Student Life Podcast. Before we go into this episode, I want to take a moment of consideration for all the people out there that are in a difficult situation right now. Because of the restrictions to tackle the spread of the coronavirus, a lot of you might not be able to go outside or visit your family and friends for a while. Remember, you're not alone and there is a lot of support and activities you can find online. If you're looking for some extra support or if you want to support a fellow student, you can always reach out to the Student Life Coaching Instagram community. That is student underscore life underscore coaching. I will also release some extra episodes of the Student Life podcast in the next few weeks so you can stay occupied with that. And if that's not enough for you, you can also read my blogs, download one of the free exercises and tools, join an Instagram live session or one of the webinars that I'll be giving. It's all free, so if you're feeling a bit lonely or isolated these days, join the Student Life Coaching community and find all the support you need. And if you're not in a city lockdown or in self-quarantine, take some time to support the people around you. Maybe your elderly neighbor needs some groceries, or you can walk somebody's dog while they're sick. Take care of yourself, stay safe, and I hope to meet you soon in the Student Life Coaching Instagram community. That is student underscore life underscore coaching. There, these employers know this as well. They know what you've learned. And I still have it somehow. But, but the thing is now the whole world is under such a crisis that I, I cannot expect people to just hand, hand a job to me at this point. You are listening to the Student Life Podcast. I am Katinka van Kan, a student life coach. And in this podcast, I discuss different topics and challenges around life as a student. And I do this with students, teachers and other professionals. So sit back, relax and enjoy this episode of the Student Life Podcast. This Student Life Podcast, we will talk about finding a job after finishing your studies. How do you find the perfect job? What is the best way to get prepared? And how difficult is it to find the right job after studying? With me today to talk about the quest to find the right job is Parth. Welcome, Parth. And before we go into your story, what should we know about you? Uh, hi, hi, Katinka. Thank you for having me uh, on your podcast. So my name is Parth. I come from India. My hometown is in the north of India, somewhere near Delhi. So I'm from Lucknow. There's a place called Lucknow. It's like 500 kilometers from Delhi. And in Indian standards, that's very close by. So I'm from there. And uh, I am here in Maastricht. I was here in Maastricht to do my uh, MBA, Master's in Business Administration. And okay. before this, I, um, I did a Bachelor's in Fashion Technology. And I worked in the field of fashion and retail for almost four and a half, half years. And um, I also tried my hands on some entrepreneurial activities. And then I decided to do my master's and somehow I found the school in Maastricht and I applied for it and I managed to come here. That's how I'm here. And now I'm looking for jobs here uh in back in India, anywhere I can find a good job. So that's pretty much. About yeah, because you've been traveling quite a lot and trying different things, different studies that you've yep. finished. Um, yeah, today yep. we'll talk about the journey of finding the right job after finishing your studies. And why does mm -hmm. this topic specifically interest you so much? So um, this is interesting for me because this is not the first time I have been looking for a job when I graduated back in 2014 from my undergrad education that, that I told you, fashion technology. Even then, uh, 
I went through this activity of finding the right job and it's a lot of pressure now I don't know yeah. how much do you know about the Indian education system but uh, from where I specifically from the region I come from a lot of pressure is on engineering so you would hear a lot of Indians pursuing engineering in different different disciplines but engineering is a big thing and I uh, somehow thanks to my parents and people around me I didn't take that route I went for something different something unique like even on a world level fashion technology is not very popular it's a niche kind of a thing yeah so that was yeah so that was anyway a big gamble for me to take uh first of all and of course people do people pursue education to eventually find a job right so that was always the case that would you be able to find jobs and all these things these were always questions that were asked and uh, definitely there were were problems uh, at uh, different points to find the right job to get the right salary and everything so i have went through a lot i applied to a lot of places that i wanted to work for no people never used to reply to me they used to reject me before interviewing these things happened though eventually i managed to find a good job and uh, so that was that at that point i worked for 4 5 years and then i thought that maybe it's time to maybe educate myself more to do a masters yeah and the funny thing is that my and everybody's thought process is that only when when a person goes for a masters that person thinks that i'm adding something to my profile now by doing this masters so i'll be better equipped to get a job right that's the that's the basic um uh, motivation that you have to pursue masters yeah for but a masters now, but also for your normal studies because i think that's always the goal a- you want anything, to study to a- have yeah, a good job have, yeah exactly exactly but uh in this case what the challenge is uh again the same the, this is something which i would frankly tell you that i was actually prepared for this that it is it is not going to be a jolly ride even after doing a masters there would be a problem and uh i have applied for so many jobs i have spoken to so many different people their expectations from an from a uh an employee and so there's a lot of uh, things that i have analyzed in the past 6 months uh from the time i have graduated and i've uh began my quest for looking for a job there are a lot of things that uh, uh are very interesting to tell you the truth and i th- think that that's what uh, I want to tell you more and maybe this could be helpful for other people as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that's very interesting because it's the main reason that we start going to university or especially when you think about doing a master's, it's always an, an add-on to the education that you already had because you want exactly. to have a better job or a better paid job or learn more so that you can do different things, maybe work in different fields. So I think it's very pecu- peculiar that you don't manage to get a job that easily and and i I can imagine it's something that a lot of students are struggling with um Mm -hmm. also the pressure that you you were talking about it's obviously something that is there already during the studies so you're kind of building up to that moment when you're done after three four Mm -hmm. five six years um to Mm -hmm. have that job you know that amazing thing that you're studying for and that you did all this effort into your studies and Absolutely. then if it if it doesn't happen, I can imagine that on one hand there's a lot of pressure. There can also be a lot of disappointment in that 
Because at some point you've already been looking for a job now for six month, months. At some point you might have the feeling that you want to settle for something else mm. or go look for something completely different as long as you have a job. And that's, that would be a bit exactly. of a pity because you, are, you specialize in something. You did this because you love to do it mm-hmm. or because it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So why do you think it's so difficult for a lot of students uh, like you to find the right job after graduating? So uh, this I can tell you this in multiple because there are, are multiple ways you can look at it. So the first way I'll tell you is where a person when going for an education goes with a certain mindset. But by the time mm-hmm. he or she passes out, that mindset changes. You see, so let's say I wanted to study fashion technology because it appeared very nice and everything. But after a period of four years, I'm like, no, this is not meant. I Somehow I managed to pass out, but this is something that I don't want to get into. So this is the first point. And I'm telling you not from my personal experience, but from a lot of different, uh, from uh, my colleagues, they had this kind of a problem by the end of the course. They were not ready to get into the industry because they got disappointed after a point. Yeah, so this is something that becomes a problem for many students that I know that they wanted to do something but are not sure about it anymore. So they then it becomes a dilemma for them because of course it's very difficult for an employer to employ you for something else that you have not studied at all, right? Yeah. So this is the first thing. Now I'll come to the second point where uh, I faced a lot of challenges uh, personally at both the points in my bachelor's and master's is that I got interested in some topics, some particular courses. I really want to pursue my career in those areas. But the employers are not ready to hire a fresher for that. They want a person who has experience, hands-on experience, practical experience from the industry. Only then they would consider your candidature. So this becomes very disappointing at many levels that especially for a master's students like me after four and a half years of experience because that's where I thought that I am having a unique selling point for me uh, in myself that I have a master's but I also have experience before that so that way about five years already right exactly exactly so yeah now the difference is i didn't i didn't work for uh, didn't work at higher positions of course you you never go and become uh, straight away a vice president or an md of uh, anything as soon as you uh, graduate because you have to climb up right so yeah. that was the journey but when i look at the feedbacks from different employers that's the feeling that i get that they was expecting something more. They were expecting more experience. They were expecting this and that. So it's okay. Like I, I also agree to a lot of things. Uh, a lot of places have told me that they need something specifically of this sort and this experience, which is agreeable. But after a point when you are going through so many rejections and so many things, then then you think to yourself that what did I exactly do wrong? Like where, where did I go wrong? I was going according to plan. So this is... A kind of a dilemma that one faces and yeah, you have uh, to start somewhere yeah. right? everybody has to have exactly. a chance to learn this experience that they're asking for and it's something that especially if i speak for the netherlands you see uh-huh. here a lot they yeah. want somebody that yeah. they can give this uh, paycheck that is right for somebody that just finished but then they also want the 10 yeah. years experience and and there's a big exactly. gap in between that exactly 
and that that is what brings uh, me to the third point where this mismatch of things now the problem that is happening with me specifically i think is that when i try to apply for fresher jobs and frankly i don't mind starting off again my career like four and five four four or five years of my uh, experience is good for me i don't worry too much that if i have to start f- afresh so i'm okay starting uh, on a fresher's uh, salary and a fresher's position but somehow i think the employers are not ready to do that they they their mindset is like no we we cannot hire you for a fresher's position because since you have 5 years of experience and at some point in time you will be unmotivated demotivated to work so that is one thing and the other part is that for the jobs that had need experience they need so much experience that i don't have so so i'm i'm nowhere right yeah. so that kind of a thing happens yeah exactly because um one of the one of the things that i wanted to ask you is does a diploma guarantee uh-huh. a job well, and i think at this point we can already say that it doesn't guarantee anything yeah uh, also yeah. Yeah. you know are there enough jobs for people with a high education level because that's what we see now we're currently in a in a lockdown in a corona uh-huh. crisis um exactly. which is happening everywhere in the world and now you see that yeah. this high education level also doesn't guarantee you anything or maybe it doesn't give you the, exactly. the extra things that we think it will give you because it's a big investment costs you at least a few thousand euros to do a masters and way more if you do it like abroad or far away from home definitely so definitely it's very yeah. expensive yeah and do you, why are a lot of students not prepared for this because we all have this picture of I'm going to do a master's be even smarter and then have an even better job uh, and still you might yeah, end up yeah. working at McDonald's exactly exactly so i have a i have a very confident confident answer for this because frankly i was prepared for this scenario because when uh, i was working and uh, see basically when you leave uh your job to pursue a higher degree especially for a full time degree y- this mm-hmm. is a fact that you are gambling your career yeah. at that point you are taking a gamble with your life you are le- and, and, and not to forget that you are also giving up the opportunity cost see if i would have been working for all this time i would have earned right in that period which i left to pursue a degree where i'm paying rather than earning yeah, so this exactly. is like Uh, this is like an all direction gamble that you are taking but now the second question comes in that what is the motivation like what motivates to mo- motivates you to pursue that so for me i my one of the motivation was of course to get better employability and to work for good companies that i always wanted to work for and since my my bachelor's was in a niche through an mba now mba i'll come uh, to the mba degree later my uh, objective was one to be better uh, prepared for uh, the job scenario plus i also had this entrepreneurial streak in me so for that i wanted to learn more so tomorrow i'm ready to maybe start up my own enterprise and yeah, that so is still there drive. somewhere the drive in my drive is definitely there yeah so i have that drive and i i any education for that matter helps you only like if you know what you want to target at it ultimately helps you so i can tell you that this this college this school where i uh, did this degree never actually gave this to me in writing that we'll ensure that you'll get a job but even then 
I took this chance because I knew that anyway I'll go to the class I'll meet people from different places from different countries I'll interact with people I'll build up my network and th- that has what has happened I cannot deny that this this was my objective and that has been achieved now getting a job is a different uh, objective that often people do have and uh, i think there are other colleges and other mediums to pursue that kind of a thing but uh, yeah even even all these considerations it is a little uh, tricky to find a job and uh, especially being a, a person from a foreign land yeah, yeah. there are some of the things yeah that i have yeah because that was what i was wondering now uh, obviously i'm from maastricht i'm still a maastricht and i mm-hmm. started my own business so it's not that yeah, there were yeah. no jobs for me but i also had the experience yeah. that i couldn't find a job that i was uh, studying for so right, you know right. i did i studied social work i wanted to help a certain type of people with that in a certain way and after right. my graduation that was just not possible at least not in the way that right. i i dreamed of it to say it that way mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So is it more difficult for an international student to find a job here? I think this is a truth for everywhere in the world. Like if you come to India as a foreign national and if you try to find a job, it would be difficult for you as well, right? So yeah. this is a fact that has to be understood if you're going abroad to get some education. Of course, there are a lot of perks and benefits of that education. But if we specifically look at the job market, most of the countries, most of the employers would prefer a person from a lo- from the localities, right? From the mm-hmm. country or at least from the region or from the continent, let's say. Because yeah. there are not only there are a lot of benefits in terms of cultural uh, aspects and language and all these things. But also, I think there are a lot of uh, uh, administrative advantages to to an employer to hire a Dutch uh, person than an Indian person, right? Because uh, a company would need to give me a work permit and a contract and everything and they have to pay for my contract. So, yeah, am I worth that much uh, yeah. that the company is ready to bear all these costs and troubles for me? So that's the big question. That yeah, exactly. Because it's so popular, especially right? among students, to go abroad to uh, get some extra education or do a master's mm-hmm. in a different country. Mm-hmm. It's very popular. You go there exactly. for s- different reasons. Um, and s- universities exactly. offer it. They're, they they love international students because obviously they're also bringing more money in, I think, than money. Exactly. Uh, local exactly. students. And then after that, after the, that two years or maybe four years of studying, you're on your own, right? Shouldn't there something be exactly. different maybe uh, to fill up that gap between the education that you're getting and the opportunities that are there afterwards? How do you see that? So, yeah, the, yeah. so there, there are gaps definitely. And as you said that universities are all always welcoming foreign students because there's a lot of money and a lot of diversity that they are bringing onto the table. And that is a win-win situation for a university. But when we take it post-university, after education, uh, Mm -hmm. the scenario becomes a little more practical. And again, I'll tell you that I knew all about this. I researched extensively about this, talked to to the alumni, whatever I could have done in my capacity from uh, from my home in India. I did all of that. 
and even then i chose to uh, i chose to come here that was because again i thought i had this and i still think i still believe this that i have some skills i have some kind of education knowledge expertise which combined with a dutch degree might make me uh, desirable for some companies or some employers yeah, that's I love the, the drive, idea yeah. that <laughs> yeah and i still have it somehow but, but the thing is now the whole world is under such a crisis that i, I cannot expect people to just hand uh, hand a job to me at this point so it, it's you also tricky. have this this drive and this belief in yourself if you did not yeah. uh, have that five years of work experience already if you would have come uh -huh. here you know after a bachelor's did that masters yeah. abroad right away do you think that it would be, you would be as strong um, as you are right now handling this situation i Actually, I'm not able to think of that scenario because I I tried to think that uh, that if I would have immediately come here, it might would have helped because many people want a blank canvas per se, you know. Right. They yeah. would just want some someone with who they can mold, who they can train, who they can uh, condition in some ways, so they can so these people can be better employed. So maybe you never know that could have been a possibility. But personally, for Uh, now I'll tell you about the MBA. Why I came here to pursue an MBA because very personal reason and very popular cultural reason again because MBA is very popular in India. So if bachelors, if if engineering is for bachelors, then MBA is for masters in India. Every okay. every Tom, Dick, and Harry in India wants to pursue a, pursue an MBA. So that's the kind of scenario, and. For obvious reasons, because MBAs are much more employable, and there's a lot of demand of MBAs. That's why. But yeah, definitely, especially for something that you are studying for. I can imagine that um, in India, it's, yeah. a, it's a whole different market than you have right here. Exactly, so, but, but the, the but the problem that happens is that there are so there's so much competition because of that, and one part of the reason for me to come here was to avoid that competition, yeah. to to. Not compete with all the people who are fighting for just this one seat uh, in a university. I thought that maybe where uh, I might lose on some quality, but I'll gain the network. And network is also very very important. And I'll tell you about the networking thing in the later part. Yeah. So you had a very clear vision, actually. If I uh, if I hear all mm -hmm. that, you have a very clear vision why you wanted to come here, what you wanted to do. Yep. Very good reasons, I think, to actually go and do a mm. master's abroad because for a lot of students that I talk to, it's just they want an experience somewhere else in the world, but they don't really mm -hmm. have a clear mm -hmm. vision on why do I want to go there. Might be just that because is also university looks good on paper, mm -hmm. but that's not everything, mm -hmm. right? So, do you think that yeah, if yeah. if students go abroad or um, choose to do this master's, um, that the curriculum of most studies? not match maybe with the job descriptions afterwards that is a problem that is a problem indeed and this happens everywhere and i thought i used to think that this is a problem in india only but even here it's a problem i i talked to many students from from the um and they also told me that what we were actually studying for the last four years it's not what i'm doing at my work yeah exactly exactly so and that is something then you're that extremely unprepared and i exactly the, the the jobs you know the job offers out there these employers know this as well they know what you've learned so 
uh, they might exactly. have higher standards because they know the things that you're actually going to do is not going to match with what you have learned already. So then maybe you're less appealing to them as well. Exactly. So this is this is also a big problem. And I think the the academia is well aware about this situation because even I can tell you from my experience here in my school from MSM where I have graduated from, there was a big, uh, big discrepancy between uh, their expectations of the thesis, you know. So yeah, the college, the, the, the school wanted us to make a very academic, academically oriented thesis, right? But what happens is that the employers are employers don't care about it. They want practical information. Yeah, they want you to be so able to make things, create things, uh, and they don't really care about what you can read exactly. and write down, right? So half of my school, like even the faculty, half of the faculty was, uh, half of the professors were divided on this thing that a student should write his thesis more practically, more business oriented, more global perspective and all these things. Or it should be academic with a lot of statistics and, and uh, you know, models and these things. So this was a big mismatch that I found in the education in itself. And I think yeah. this is a problem between academia and business, let's say. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with that. I see that a lot. I hear it from students as well. You know, the students that I mm -hmm. coach or that I talk to um, on Instagram or Facebook or wherever they are. Um, that mm -hmm. a lot of the time they they don't really know what they're doing or why, especially why they're doing this. And I think it, exactly. it goes for a lot of different, especially if you look at the higher educational levels, because if you uh, if you talk about the, the practical educations that you can have here, um, yeah. you know, if you learn how to make a car, you're learning how to make fix a car. That's just it. It's as simple yeah. as that. That's but I think it. as more exactly. as you go in the, uh, yeah, I I think higher is maybe not the right say yeah, to yeah. Uh, way to say it, but the more theoretical educations uh, or theoretical exactly. uh, university. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very yeah. different there. What would be a solution for yeah. that? If you could change the way that we educate our students, what do you think uh, w would mainly have to change to solve this problem? Uh, see, uh, I, I, I don't, think I'm uh, very capable to give any suggestion on the change but I can from experience whatever I have realized whatever I have observed and the mistakes that maybe I would have done I can tell you that that there are some mistakes that could be avoided so as you mentioned about this uh, uh, reality check that happens to people and they, they are not aware what they are going to do and what happens yeah. I think this is not that bad at some age and experience levels, let's say till the time you you are doing your bachelor's, I think even till then it is okay that you don't know about your life. It is absolutely mm -hmm. fine uh, fine to be unaware about things and because like when I came out of my house uh, to pursue undergrad degree, I was 18 years old and I I never saw anything else apart from my hometown and my parents and my friends there right yeah. so when i stepped out of the city to another city i i did my uh, bachelor's from another city called mumbai which is like in the western southern western part of india which is very yeah, far away from my hometown what i think of if i think of indian yeah. movies yeah. And with the amazing <laughs> exactly. quotes so and the dances and the singers he, yeah he, he, yeah so mumbai is the uh cultural and uh, financial capital of india and of course uh, bollywood comes from there so it was it was a big change for me you know 
I it, my world's got changed all of a sudden from yeah, it's a cultural shock, Mumbai. even in your own country. Cultural shock, exactly, and uh, and of course it was good and bad both. I had so much independence to think, to to uh, look at things differently, to understand myself. Because when you are un- like when we are with your parents and in a comfortable setup, you don't think too much about many things, right? Yeah, yeah like definitely. my my. Yeah, my my clothes uh, were were washed automatically. Food was being cooked, and all these things were happening at home. But but when I stepped out, then all things were on to me, right? So yeah. that is where uh, educationally also things happen. Like there were so many things that I had such a different opinion about. But during those four years, and like I, from my personal uh, values, I'm a very positive person. So I always try to pick out the cherries of any situation right so after four years while people were com- cribbing and complaining and you know people were saying that oh yeah. we have we have become we have become tailors uh, now we'll uh, we'll stitch clothes for people and this kind of an attitude was there but i loved it you know the whole experience now today i know i know how to stitch each and every garment and i think that's one hell of a skill that i acquired during those four years of my training yeah but absolutely this is a, yeah and i never knew this side of myself that i can be i can enjoy something like this right so yeah. i think at that level at that age it is okay to be unaware about things to be lost at certain levels but it is very important to be observant first of all of what is going around you how you can make the best out of that situation what is what is one thing that interests you or you are passionate about so you can hold on to that in the future so this is one of the things it doesn't take much effort being observant and being uh, you know v- vigilant about things that interest you should be done at that point definitely so it is more of yeah Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Do you, do you think that if awareness or consciousness was a bigger part or at least a part of a, the curriculum at university um because I, th- what you're talking about uh, I think that's mm-hmm. very true like as soon as you get thrown out of that comfort zone that's exactly yeah. when you start learning and start living and start discovering things. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you talk mm-hmm. about your future and just within you mm-hmm. know the university bubble and within the education that you're getting you also need mm-hmm. to be able to have that overview. I think you did an amazing job with that and you have, you've been very aware of that since you left your small town probably. Um, but for yeah. a lot of students that might be very difficult to actually get that, you know, th- that awareness to decide where do I go and how can I solve this and what's after that door behind graduation. So do you think if, if awareness would also be a part of your education that you might absolutely, absolutely. solve this yeah this is a very important thing that you have said and now since you have mentioned it i i uh, realize something like I, i used to acknowledge these things earlier also but i can tell you this that if it is possible for people for the schools to have an awareness curriculum or some sort of training where people can be more aware about them so it would be awesome but i think traditionally how it happens is that when people do extracurricular things it's as yeah. simple as that apart from studies if you if you manage a book club if you are into theater if you are into music for me it was music it has always been music and uh, and like i am surprised myself how music has connected me to some things that were not 
in connection anyway you see like yeah. even my entrepreneurial uh, enterprise that I, i was telling you about that is connected to music somehow but because of all these things of all these experiences that happened to me like the education and the uh, work experiences somehow i tried to connect it to music to make a business entity out of it so yeah, what i'm beautiful. saying is that if one thing is that if i have to suggest it to the universities of course if you can do something like a consciousness workshop regularly for students or or where they can learn about themselves that would be that would be ideal i think but mm-hmm. if and often this happens in bigger uh, educational setups that there is nothing like that for the students i i would tell them that invest yourself into something apart from your academics as well because yeah. that is that might seem like a time wasting activity or something for fun at that point but you never know how that thing can connect at certain point in future for you yeah, and th- that has happened to me yeah and that's okay like that's what i'm drive, saying observation right? uh, exactly so observation and drive everything thing comes together at some point yeah. subconsciously that's a beautiful message yeah well i'm personally fighting that battle as a student life coach as a <laughs> consciousness coach because i think yeah. that is uh, yeah exactly um what it is about the awareness of what else is going to happen i think that's so important mm-hmm. and that's really what uh, what i missed as a student when i was studying mm-hmm. and i see that a lot of mm-hmm. students are missing that as well right now well thank you mm-hmm. for your beautiful insights what would be your um to round it up what would be your last tip or trick or message to all the students that are listening and also or maybe the people that just graduated that are listening and also are struggling to find that that amazing job out there so uh, like again i can just summarize in uh, this thing that feedbacks are always always helpful so wherever possible uh one should try to ask for feedbacks from from the companies who have rejected you or the people who have rejected you and even if something worked uh one should always ask that what worked why did you like me so so it it helps a person to get a but better understanding of their self and which is as you as it again connects to the, your consciousness so that is very important feedback is one of the things uh contemplation not not a serious kind of contemplation but a contemplation of what your strengths what is your value system like i always always talk about values one of my like uh, uh, dear values is respect so i always try to align myself with respect respect for a person respect for uh, some job respect for a service so when i think in those terms i become very calm and positive regarding things so to identify your value system what values you hold dear to yourself is very important yeah absolutely and uh, yeah and of course quality is definitely more important than quantity so like i have also done this mistake a lot that i like i sometimes i apply for 10 jobs in a day or 50 jobs in a week that kind right. of thing i think that that doesn't work very uh, much it is uh, important that you select something that you really want to pursue and put your heart and soul into that make the quality better and that that eventually works out and the last and very most most important is networking from my undergrad days to today the one lesson that everybody has taught me is network 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 like it is very important to make friends good friends be helpful to them take their help because i think even to get jobs 
you need to get ask for referrals and tap into your network that's ultimately what works i think yeah absolutely i think that's very very important especially if you're an international student <clears throat> and if you were not born and raised in the city where you're looking for a job uh, i think networking is also key yeah absolutely right and well, and language uh, and of course the language i forgot to mention that if you yeah. can i i have been unable to do that so far but uh, if you are linguistically uh, abled talented then you must learn the local language it will definitely uh, help you in securing a job yeah yeah definitely <laughs> definitely all right part thank you for all your wonderful tips for the conversation and your honesty uh, i hope that you will find your your amazing job soon but i love your drive i love the passion that is in uh, in everything that you're doing right now and that you don't give up <laughs> i think that's absolutely amazing Thanks. and i'm sure that you'll find a wonderful job very soon uh, thank Thanks you for uh, being Thanks here in the podcast with me thank you thanks to you before i start with my normal ending of the student life podcast first of all thank you so much for listening it's been a bit of a challenge recording in quarantine because we cannot see each other and not be in the same room together but with parth uh, he offered me some possibilities he has his own studio and we recorded both our ends and then he edited them together for me did an amazing job with them so i want to thank parth for doing all that work go check him out you can find him on facebook as part chauhan so that's p-a-r-t-h chauhan is c-h-a-u-h-a-n you can also find him on instagram that is par p-a-r dot cha c-h-a thank you for listening and i will see you in the next episode of the student life podcast Thank you for listening to this episode of the Student Life Podcast. Do you know another topic that you feel needs to be discussed? Or is there maybe a challenge in your student life you would like to talk about? Well, don't wait any longer and get in touch with me. You can send an email to info at vancancoaching.com or find Student Life Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. And maybe I will talk to you in the next episode of the Student Life Podcast.